The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Sister Speak. You're here with me, Fareed, and we also have in the studio me, Mariam, and me, Sonia. Um, our main topic for today is reflection on our faith and values and how they both link and what values we learn from religion. So before we get started, Sanya, would you like to tell everyone what our show is about, please? Yes, our show is a platform for Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, politics, social media, etc. Please note that all opinions slash views are our own and we respect all other opposing or similar views and opinions. Thank you. We just please know that this is a pre-recorded show. So if you do want to message us or let us know any thoughts that you might have, you can message us where, Mariam? They can message us on at Sister Speak on Instagram or they can message us on Inspire FM on Facebook. Yeah, so this is our think third episode of our Ramadan series where the whole topic, the whole theme is reflection because it is the month of Ramadan. So we're going to get started with our thought for the week seg- segment when we say anything random, anything that we've learned during the week. So I'm just going to start with Mariam. What is a, your thought of the week? I had a very strong feeling that you would ask me. I haven't done thought of the week in a, in a while, so this is quite nice. Um, so my thought of the week is essentially about Ramadan since we are... We have covered over over half now. No, not half. We've been. It's been one third of Ramadan has already passed, um, and that's quite a lot of time that has passed by. And my my kind of thought of the week is about how we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves if we feel feel like we haven't achieved the milestones that we want to. Um, especially people who are studying, people who are working professionals. I think it's sometimes really easy to fall in a trap where you think that you've set unrealistic goals for yourself, and then you feel very depleted. So my thought of the week is about setting some realistic goals for yourself and thinking about the longevity of your goals. So if you want to introduce a habit that you can continue after Ramadan, I think that's what Ramadan is about. It's a spiritual boost. Um, And I also think at the same time, you try to adopt new habits in terms of um, reading more Quran because Ramadan is a month of Quran. Um, But I think it's very good to have a very optimistic view of Ramadan and not to just hold yourself back just because it hasn't gone the way you thought it has. Yep, thank you for that. I think it's uh, very true and we do tend to set our like some unrealistic goals, which is I think sometimes is okay, but if you don't get it to not be like really hard on yourself. Mm. Sania, what is your thought of the week? Hey, so my thought of the week is completely different. Um it's not really about Ramadan, but it's about a reflection. So, um basically, last week at work, I we feel like I had a tough week at work. Um, mm. These challenges come. That's quite normal, right? Um, but I did definitely have um, some, I guess you could say, lashing out moments, um, which is natural. Again, like if you're not feeling 100%, you're going to have moments where you're not, you know, yourself, I guess. And you're not you when you're hungry as well, because I was fasting. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a difficult time. But basically, I was, I guess you could say, taking it out on people around me, um, which I felt was fair at the time. I was like, no, like this is this is the situation. You're not being helpful. I'm going to take it out on you. That I'm looking back. Um, obviously, it's a reflection. It's a reflection thing. You think, oh, even if it might have been their fault, let me not do that. Like it's a bit sad. And you all work together. Like you're a team at the end of the day. And I guess you could say this in any context, like with family, with friends, and so on. Um, so I immediately, and I think this is very important to take 
accountability like straight away as quick as you can like just take it and um i immediately literally called up one of my um teammates and they were working from home that day that's why i had to call them and i was like hi i'm sorry about earlier and the thing is they didn't even know they were like what are you talking about what are you sorry for and i was like it's fine if you don't care but i know that i wasn't being myself towards you like um I was a bit harsh, I was a bit abrupt and thingy. And they might have not, like I said, like he didn't even realise himself. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Sonia. But I felt like I was a bit harsh. So I was like, let me just quickly, I am sorry. I didn't mean it like that. And then we were like, let's move on. And, you know, it clears your conscience a bit as well. It's a bit selfish, but it's like for your own happiness and peace of mind, just take that accountability. I love how he didn't know that you, <laughs> you didn't, you even did something. And the fact that you held like accountability for yourself is really important because I think I don't do it i just i think everyone's been having a kind of tough week yeah Yeah, i think it's because the first it was the first week of ramadan but i've been feeling so like just being angry at everyone hungry like uh mariam says sometimes yeah obviously it's it's not easy but you have to like train yourself almost to like hold your tongue and you know have that peace with yourself Mm. i think one point that you said i don't think it's selfish to ask people for forgiveness i think I think it's about taking accountability, as you has mentioned, as you have mentioned, and I think it's a mark of good character um, to be able to recognize that I have fallen short, and therefore I'm going to ask forgiveness because we all are striving for Jannah. And essentially, if someone, if we've harmed someone, if we hurt someone, even if they don't feel like we have, they have um, received that end. I think it's important for our own character building that we do that because we don't know. You know, there's there's uncertainty in that regard, um, and I'm glad that he did mention that, so he acknowledged it, but. I think it's really important in terms of just adopting that view it's, um, irrespective if they don't feel it. Yeah, true. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> That's like, so I'm going to move to my thought of the week. Um, I've also been having a really uh, rough week and I've been trying to not talk with anyone kind of. Um, so I did tell my, one of my friends, she was like, why are you acting like such a weirdo? And I was I was fasting like the whole week and, you know, we were tired. It was like, now we don't have to eat. It's like going back to, into the routine, fasting and studying. And everyone around me was kind of like, what are you doing? And I just didn't even think that I was doing anything. I was just, I was just sad completely for no reason. And it was a matter of miscommunication with one of my friends um, because, you know, it just happens in, in social life. So I didn't, my, I talked with another friend and I was like, can you just give me advice on what should I do? And she said, you just have to talk with that person. And And on the other side, she didn't even know that something happened. And that's why I was sad. Mm-hmm. so she was just like i didn't even know all of this happened why didn't you tell me yeah. mm-hmm. it's the same thing that happened with you it's yeah. the same thing that happened with you so i was just like well now that you know what we're gonna do she was like it's not that it's not that deep just <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just move on let's just move on but it's good that you raised it in the first place so it's cleared your mind and hers as well like there's no i guess room for error or like miscommunication like you've had that communication so that was really good yeah i I don't think i would have done it if i didn't ask for advice which i think is really important so i was the whole week i was just thinking about what should i do i should do but i didn't tell anyone and then when i was getting sick of like my own mind and my own thoughts i was like let me just ask yeah let me just ask someone so thank you guys for your thought of the week really good now we are going to move to our hot topic so I was scrolling down on BBC News the other day and there was a news about Muslims told not to pay at a Canadian train station. Apparently, uh, the rail company said that a Muslim was bothering customers by praying. He was like sitting down and the guy that was praying, he made a video and he was saying, I was just sitting there. I was just praying before like it was 
I don't know what I think it was the whole time. So I just want to get your thoughts on this because we did have a show on how to find like prayer spaces and stuff like that. So Mariam, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, so I think I also watched that video and he said that there was literally no one there where he was praying. And so when he was asking the police officer who has been uncomfortable, he, w- he had a no answer because the area that he prayed in was empty. And so I think it kind of begs the question is that if it was another person that was observing a different religious belief or a different ideology, would the same kind of uh, reaction um, happen? And I think this is quite, I think it's, in my personal opinion, I feel like Islamophobia is something that's so prevalent and it's so acceptable. But if it was another religion, I don't see the same reaction. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mariam. I find it so outrageous. And what you just said, Islamophobic, it's pure Islamophobic. Like there's no, I believe that. And you're right, because it's just being brushed under the carpet. It's accepted. It's just carry on. It's mm-hmm. like, no, if that was any other relief, belief or religion or anything, I feel like it wouldn't be. It would be an outrage. But for me, even be- before the part that it's um, that he was praying, honestly, we've all traveled by train and public transport. People can do anything. You can do anything you want. You know, you can, pe- you know, but I don't mean to do this, but if you ask for money that in a lot of train stations, that's actually illegal. You're, you're not supposed to be busking or asking for money, but it happens all the time. So I think like loads of little things like that, just people are singing. That's, that's discomforting sometimes when you're trying to get on by your day. You know, there's someone who's minding their business. Like we know how our prayers are, right? They're quiet if you're doing it to yourself. Um, you know, he was sitting in a seat, not taking up anyone else's personal space. I just don't understand how that can affect or harm someone else. It can't. That's Islamophobia because you're not even affecting anyone else yet. They're pulling you up on it. So it's a perceived I- threat, and that's what Islamophobia comes in because he he chose a space where there was no one. And so we're, who was being affected by this? Yeah, but how? I don't mean to go into it, but how are you even affected by someone mm. praying, minding their business? They're not including you in the prayer. They're not going over your, I don't know, personal space. Mm. They're not delaying your train. It just doesn't make any sense to me how that would even affect your personal space. Yeah. Like I said, we've all been on public transport. Think about on the train. If someone's sitting there praying to themselves in any faith or religion, mm. just how is that going to affect you? Yeah. I don't understand the trains. Uh, the train um, company uh, are investigating this, and they they say they <coughs> said that they are going to look into what exactly happened. Um, but there hasn't been much conversation after that. Yeah, they did apologize. They they sent a message saying I apologize to the Muslim community. And like you said, there's yeah. so many things that we see as acceptable in a train station and in any, any public area. Yeah. And it's it's such a normal thing to us, and it's such it should be such a normal thing to other people because we're not doing anything. He was just sitting there. Do you know what there. annoys me? that real issues that happened because like I said we've all been on public transport never get pulled up on like I feel like on a train platform there there can be incidents where someone may be following someone else or someone's Mm. making you feel uncomfortable just by maybe not leaving you alone talking to you harassing you I see it all the time and those things are never pulled up on or or it's like you know things that never you know really get recognised or where's the train attendant then you know what I mean the person on the platform then they're not there but when someone's really minding their business that's for me that's pure islamophobia personally it is he was sitting quiet in it was such a peaceful act is for us and everyone sees that's a peaceful act so i think it's really it is all about islamophobia so um i just want to ask you guys so the, uh, like we said it's so difficult to pray outside and we can't find any prayer spaces mm-hmm. where to pray we don't want to miss our prayer times so any time that you guys were out and you was like where am i going to pray or any you face this yourself i think for me personally it happens a lot just because i commute 
to work um, and I have a lot of events outside of Luton and I think it's so difficult because I want to pray on the train and it might be remotely empty but I'm just so scared to lift my hand because I'm, I'm scared that someone's going to catch me off guard because obviously if I'm focusing on prayer I can't have I can have a preferred view of what's happening around me but if that's not it doesn't help me in terms of my prayer so I do feel like I know this Islamophobia exists and I know that I will I'm vulnerable in that state and there's no, it's not going to be accepted. Oh Mariam that made me so sad because I know like with the tube especially if we're talking about the UK underground we used to say to each other me and my friends when we were traveling like don't say kind of Islamic phrases even on the train mm. like we would even be scared to say things like mashallah alhamdulillah just in conversation or assalamu alaikum so I can't even imagine you making you know things that people know is Islamic mm. with prayer obviously that that's so scary I actually if you have done it before like well done to you but it is so weird that we're I don't know like in 2023 mm. in London the like a very multicultural diverse site and we still I mean the mayor is literally Muslim as well but we still feel those fears and like, we shouldn't but I understand totally where you're coming from that is scary I've yeah. had a couple of instances um, once I was on the train and it was completely empty and this little girl she wanted to come sit next to me and then her mother just looked at me and she pulled her back and I just yeah, thought that it's, it's extremely yeah. obvious what are you teaching your child to me, I was like, okay, I put my bag there, but yeah, what are you teaching your child? You're teaching your child to be, you know, intolerant. And then there's the whole conversation about prevent, right? You're instilling, um, you know, these extremist views. I would argue that's extreme views. Why, yeah. are you, why are you telling this child to go away from someone? Why? Because this person observes a different belief or visibly looks something like something else. Yeah, that's so weird and messed up. And again, when you put it in any other context... You, it would be unacceptable, right? Mm. Like, I'm just giving an example. I used to have pink hair, so I can say this, but <laughs> if someone had pink hair on the tube and you grabbed your child and said, don't go and sit next to them, everyone else would be like, oh, you're being you're being mean, you're being horrible. Like, it's just their hair, it's their choice. They're not affecting you with their pink hair. So why is it not the same for us when, we're, when you're visibly Muslim on mm. the train? Um, but yeah, that's so, I know there's probably endless stories you have. 100%. Yeah, I think it's so bad. And I've seen so many videos. And I, when I go out with my friends, one, if someone's that, that's not Muslim in the group, they're like, okay, you guys pray. We just, I'll just keep a watch in case someone's coming. Because, okay, people can ask, you know, well, what, are you do, what are you doing? And we can say, she can say we're praying. But people that come and be like, they're just trying to, you know, be rude about it. Yeah, or disrupt, or, or like you said, grab their kids away and cause a scene, or report you. That's yeah. when it's wrong. And Islam is such a. I think it's growing. Like everyone knows about it in the UK. It's uh, everyone's uh, converting, or everyone just knows about but it. But I. This is the thing I don't get because when I was in school, we learned about at least six different faiths, and we learned that there's more that we don't, you might not even know about, or practice mm. in different cultures and across the world. I thought everybody learns that and then as you grow older you meet people and they don't know and it's like but wait hold on a minute like why do you not know about other people's religions I find that really weird I think it's it's an underlying Islamophobia because other faiths are, are seen as religious and practicing you know it's the whole conversation about how um, a Muslim woman will wear a bio or they will cover from top to toe and then a person from the Christian faith will do the same but they're attributed to being religious and we're attributed to being oppressed yes so, absolutely. so there's this binary already in place where people just think that if you're Muslim you already are in a place where you're you have a very retractive or primitive mentality or you are oppressed because that's the what they want to attribute to and I think one of the things that people feel threatened by Muslims is that they don't they don't be shackled by what the uh, the current community wants to do, and we don't you know we don't comply to those kind of standards. We have our own standards. I think yes. that's the problem that they see, and so they don't 
they can't conceptualize that yeah that we're not like letting go of our faith almost like we're yeah. not worried or scared and we don't kind of compromise we we mm. still try our best and that's a very powerful thing to have i think that's why they are scared yeah i agree they just think that we're gonna take over the world or something just because <laughs> we practice if our you even our look at in terms of data in, in the uk muslims are the most charitable people in the uk so what does that say that's quite indicative of the entire group yeah and that is but these these statistics get forgotten about obviously they don't even be talked about did you know about that statistics i, I only knew recently because we sure. were talking about how luton is also one of the uh. Uh, most charitable places in the uk i don't know if you know oh, this oh wow i, didn't know I think that. we're only behind bedford or something like that but luton i mean that's like such a good statistic right because we have such negative portrayal mm. in the media and then i looked into that as well but um and i have to say with luton let's um i do believe that is our own south asian community the muslim community obviously non-Muslims too but that is probably a really big part of it which we know that we love to raise money and it's part of our religion anyway to be mm-hmm. donating to charity so that's probably why as well yeah I think we're just everywhere it, the, everywhere you go every single charity every single charity every single job place there's al- always uh, one Muslim so I just think that everyone should stop being you know fearful yeah literally mm-hmm. be open-minded it's a peaceful religion for us it sh- they should see it as peaceful as well we're not doing anything and it's as you said a quiet prayer so yeah um what back to your question that you asked about where we um pray yeah so where do you pray luckily uh, for me um i think because i have a car and usually i transport in the car it's okay to do it in your car then even then mariam i would say i would be vigilant about where i may be parked up mm. uh, because you know you just don't know what other people are thinking literally mm. like even if they're just walking by and see you it's just yeah people are really i guess ignorant and they don't know what you're doing or they do but they have a completely misconception of what our religion is um i think that's what i usually find um but yeah i'm lucky that i work in a office which we have a designated prayer space um and it's for all faiths we always say that you know it's not just for um muslims we've got the carpet prayer mat but also we've got little other sections so mm-hmm. it's like if you want to practice your faith in there do whatever you need to do you can do that so i'm lucky that i have that designated prayer space at work and whoever you wherever you guys work or go to i think that's a very important part that's essential yeah i think everyone should have it and everyone should be minded that we are if you're going to come here you're going to work here then there should be a designated space for us like there's in college there's a prayer room but i really don't feel comfortable going into because it's always so packed really? so yeah so i just have a little story to tell um there's a little like a little room where it's like for language students so i was just about to pray and um this lady she came and just started knocking on the door and i was in the middle of my prayer so i couldn't do anything and the door was locked so i was when i finished and my friend was sitting there praying as well so when i would finish we opened the door and she said what are you doing literally what are you doing and i was like you like she's one of the teachers and she yeah, should know there's a prayer room. so she just kicked me out and we were like okay like we're not doing anything you're not Did even she gonna see use you the room on the, is it like the window transparent yeah uh, she saw me with the prayer mat and everything she wasn't even going to use the room to be honest she was just she just didn't want she said there's a prayer room for you i think she said it's that is absolutely shocking it was so horrible and i was like who is this lady where did she come from oh my gosh mariam i just want to say that i think the way she approached you was completely out of order because firstly in case you uh, if you don't if you you can't assume that every student will know where this prayer room is that's so that's in terms of accessibility the second thing is that yes there is a prayer room that is um uh, available. available there but then that begs the question why shouldn't the teacher ask you the students why didn't you choose the the prayer space is there a situation that you know has po- forced you to pray in this space so i think as a teacher she's completely failed in terms of her responsibility towards asking is there adequate provisions in place for you as a student in this in this um, sixth form 
And if there isn't, how can we help? Yeah. But that didn't happen. I agree. And also just the way she approached you, like you said, yeah. like it doesn't matter what you were doing. You were not, like I said, vandalizing or doing anything. Obviously you weren't doing something wrong. You weren't stealing items or anything. Yeah. So she did not have to speak to you like that. And that was so, so wrong. And you were so rude. I yeah. think there's a I mean, you know, teachers go through cultural competence training. They go through unbiased training. Where would that training go? How can she not understand how to exercise that? I would actually say you should report her in, in all yeah, cases. I, I, did say, I did say that to you, Farine. I think yeah. you should report her because people like her perpetuate this kind of misunderstanding against Muslims. Um, and I think that people people who... And I think that's as well. I think with us as well, we're very scared to report people who mistreat us because we also think that it's convoluted or they're going to misunderstand what we're saying. It's our word. It's hearsay. It's my word against theirs. But if we don't report it and we don't take that one step, then no one's going to report anything. And I think it's just so important. I think it's, it is quite difficult. You you are in a vulnerable position when you are reporting it because even when I went to sixth form, I reported against a certain teacher and it was horrible because the whole department was against me. That's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but I'm very passionate about that. I think you know students have rights and they should be able to report when something's gone wrong. And every teacher has DBS, and I'm very passionate about this DBS. If you have a DBS, you are supposed to you are supposed to protect the safety of your students and observing a religion is uh, your protected characteristic she should know that you are like ex as a teacher you're expected you meet so many students from so many backgrounds and so yeah. many religions you should know and, and let's not like try and beat around the bush here there are so many muslims in luton mm. and in your establishment that you attend as well so for her not to recognize what you were doing in that moment is just silly as well like i would like to think that if i saw someone of another faith praying i would be able to recognize it i'm not saying every faith but if it was a majority mm. faith in this um town i think i would be able to recognize that at least i think i think you know people may argue that um, you know, she if there is another provision in place, but I think it's the approach. It's the approach, the way she spoke to you, the way she patronized you. And if there was a health and safety concern, then say that. She didn't even mention health and safety, and that's even concerning. How did she not even think about health and safety? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think they it feels this is a strong word, it feels like they're criminalizing your behavior. That I'm sure you felt like that in the moment as well. I did, and it's, it's not the first time this happened. There's another time where I was talking with my friends and every time there's like prayer time, then we have to go in turn saying, can we go toilet? So one, one, something happened one time and um, she, one of my friends, she was taking really long, a really long prayer or something. And my teacher was like, what is she doing? And I said, she's probably praying. And then she yelled, this certain teacher, she yelled at my friend. She was like, if you went to pray, why didn't you tell me that you went to pray? And my friend was like, it's easier just to say that I'm going toilet because yeah. it's more acceptable if you're going toilet. If you say I'm going to pray, they might not let you. Mm -hmm. They might say, don't you have like another time to pray? Don't you have this? Yeah, and so many questions and you're not prepared and for that. Said, and Reggie, she, she shouted at you by saying that. She should have said that it's okay. You, you could have just said that next time it's fine. But it's the fact that she yelled, it just so, it just shows that this is the, the, the fear that you have against this teacher is, is so unhealthy. She, she, she reacted in the way that I would have just said because you'd react like this that's why yeah <laughs> <laughs> but honestly I do remember similar situations when I was in, in that age as well and the teachers that if for me it was the microaggressions like they do little sighs or like oh couldn't you find another time to go they, you know these little things and the worst part is it's in front of the whole class mm -hmm. and even if that whole class is is Muslim, even or if it's humiliating, not, it's so humiliating. They literally pull you up on it and they make you feel like you've done something so wrong when you haven't. So just trying to practice your faith is is you know 
they this is how they respond to it so no wonder your friend said she want you guys say that you need to go to the toilet instead. yeah literally we only say we're going to pray when we have a muslim teacher because i know they're going to understand maybe yeah. they might say i'm going to pray and we're okay with it because yeah. one of my classes they're all muslims the teacher is even muslim as well so it's really easy to do that but i don't see why it shouldn't be accepted do you know what i mean mm. and it's like it's not that long do you know what i mean to take that time out of education and it's your faith and it's your choice you know and when you're at that age you get to choose these things obviously when you're younger it's different when you have like nine to five 93 school but when you're a bit older i think you know you should have that choice the facility is there for a reason why does that prayer room exist then if you're not going there to pray so you can't do half and not the other half that's on the establishment yeah i think they don't think about female prayer spaces so there's a whole uh, prayer space is like a room and just a little tiny bit is for uh, as oh, women that's yes. why we have to pray or right, in the corridor we have to pray in this little room and it's really she's so annoying so during ramzan everyone wants to pray so they open like the there's like a shoe rack thing it's like a room for like the where they What? put the shelves and stuff that's where they open for us oh for the film so a little storage cupboard basically yeah storage cupboard and i was like what is going on and um you can open any of the things but they should you know and we are we have to do a dedicated space yeah yeah definitely and before you leave farine this is something you need to try i know it's not your job and it's not your burden but we're here now we're here to support you so you know oh thank you guys i don't think i will ever <laughs> honestly report it i just oh, it's, it's okay it's not your job to do that i think i think the governors should be able to because they should see that um you know the percentage of students that are observing the muslim faith in the sixth form compare that to what the other uh, provisions are it just doesn't make sense it doesn't add up yeah and just to be clear guys this is our opinions on the matter because we have experience from there and someone who's experiencing it right now so we just want to that's our story and how we feel and i think this experience is not just exclusive to one establishment it's experience that i experienced in my university as well so i think it's quite a common um, theme amongst a lot of muslims who go to certain education institutions who face the same problem yeah the only thing i would say is to speak out about it and honestly it's such a peaceful religion so we are allowed we have our right to practice it freely and whenever you feel like you're getting like you said criminalized or they think that you're vandalizing something speak out and report this kind of stuff um we are coming to the end of our first half it was really great to talk with you guys join us in the second half where we will be reflecting on our faith and values and how they link with each other assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Assalamu alaikum everyone this is sister speak in our first half we were talking about muslim prayer or oh, some muslim prayer spaces and where to pray and kind of our difficulties when of praying going out in this half we're going to discuss our main topic which is a reflection on faith and values as i said in the first half is our episode 3 of our like um ramadan series where we are reflecting so we're going to discuss like i said faith values how they link and what values we learn from our religion which is islam So my first question is why is reflection important to you guys? Sonia, maybe you want to uh, start yeah. us off? Um well, it kind of links into my thought of the week when I spoke about reflecting. I think it's really important because that's the only way you can kind of hold yourself accountable but also see how you want to move forward, be better or or give yourself a pat on the back if you did something that was really good. Um I think why reflection is even more important as you grow older is because 
no one's going to do it for you. So I think when you were younger, you always had teachers. They, they're monitoring your behaviour, what you do, your grades, whatever it is. They're, they're there for you all the time. So they're going to give you that feedback. You have meetings, if it's a parents' evening, whatever it is, that's, that, that's reflection, right? Um, also, you had your parents or whoever was taking care of you during that time. They, they keep you in check almost. Mm. Um, but as you grow older and you leave these establishments, school or whatever, your house, there's no one else to do that. So you can just carry on and not ever stop and pause and take a moment to think. That's why it's really important because now you have to reflect. You're the only one that's going to do that on you. Because when other people do it for you, you know, we take it the wrong way. Like, what do you mean I did that? What do you? So you need to take that moment yourself and reflect. So I think that's why it's really important. Yeah, I think it's like such a big gem. Even for me, when you go from six to now you're going to, you know, so I have to do everything by myself. I have to yeah. be so independent, which I am really scared about. But that's why reflection is important. So just take one day to like sit down and be like, this is what's going to happen in the future. Where were you, Mariam? Why do you think reflection I think, is important? I think in addition to what Sonia said, it's about taking responsibility and taking accountability of yourself. I think it's a good way of measuring your growth. Um, because it's, if you don't know yourself, if you don't exercise introspection and if you don't reflect on that, then you won't really know what direction you're going to. And as Muslims, I feel that we are given a purpose. And if we are given a purpose, we need to know where we're going next and what direction we're going to. So I think reflection is really important in terms of learning about your own um, characteristics, in terms of your spirituality, um, even your own personal goals. I think reflection really provides. And I think we can even look into our religion, um, even from the seerah, from the Prophet them before he was given revelation, he would go in the cave and just reflect who's, what's his purpose, who who created this world. Um, and that was a, in a stepping stone in terms of having, having to know who is our Lord and why Why should we, you know, um, submit ourselves to God? So I think as Muslims, something's very intrinsic in within our faith and it allows us to, and it gives us scope as well for improvement as well. Because if you don't really have reflection, then you won't really know where you're going wrong. And as Sonia said, when if you don't know where you're going wrong, you're more likely to harm others and you're more likely to harm yourself as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, what ways do you guys reflect? So I've uh, read so many things and something that I want to implement in my kind of reflection on like my religion and what I want to do is uh, journal journalism. So you write your stuff, what you want to do. And it's something that I want to do, but I always say I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow, but Journaling. I never, yeah, but I never end up doing it. So like writing even the most is basic like knowledge about Islam or anything, just write it in a journal and read it or what you're going to do, what your goals are. So that's kind of my way that I want to reflect in the future. I don't know why I'm not doing it now. I should start for, like I can start tomorrow, but I just feel like when I when I'm living by myself, that's when I want to do it for some reason. What voice do you guys reflect? I want to actually ask you a question, Farine. Okay, <laughs> if we'll I can, back, we'll get back to that one. Yeah, yeah I want to ask you a question. So, do you feel what what barriers do you think there is that stops you from journaling? Do you think there's a sense of perfection? Because I feel like journaling is something that is such a good tool. But I feel like in social media now, people have made this certain standard or certain benchmark that you have to follow when there's no right and wrong in terms of journaling. So it's literally just your thoughts. Your thoughts can't be right or wrong if you're not showing anyone, are you? I have no clue, you know, Mariam. Now that you're making me, I was like, I can literally do it now. I can take a book out and write whatever I want to write, a, like just write. But I still don't do it. I think it's the sense of... Um, not being alone i just i'm like in my room but i just feel like i need one hour just to myself with no noise no nothing mm -hmm. that's why i want to when i'm living by myself i think i'm gonna have more peace i'm gonna be a bit you know i'm living by myself but i'm gonna be have more peace i think well, to write it i don't know if this helps but um this goes back to your initial question 
Uh, actually, sorry, Mariam, do you want to carry on? No, no, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, no, so you asked about how we reflect and so on. And this might help you because I feel like you're on social media as well, as much as I am. Um, I would say I use Instagram. And I know that sounds weird because it's like you're supposed to step away from social media mm. almost. But I will sit there for a while. So I do sit there and reflect, but I don't need to write down anything. I can just think about it in my head like it's just there. But then I have a Finsta, if you call it that, like a fake, not a fake, same, but like same, a, same. a burn account that no one needs to see or anything. And that I use to kind of put my projections. So like a, it's almost like a mood board, I guess you could call it. And um, Pinterest is also really good for mood boards. And literally follow no one, have no one following you if you don't want it, or just have your closest, closest friends. Um, but you put it out there. And that for me, that's my reflection. So mm. I'll reflect, think about it and then put something up. It can be a picture of yourself. It could be from Google Images. It could be anything. It could be like a carousel, mm. multiple things. And I do that. I do it without realizing. And then I look back at it like a year later and I'm like, oh yeah, I posted about this. And now look, look where I am. So it's, it's almost like manifesting, I guess, as wow. well. It's like a, like a visual board of what you want to do. Exactly. It? But it's, it comes after reflecting. So it's, I guess you could say, you know, if you don't know what to do with all your reflections, it's like, what do outlet. I do with all these yeah. thoughts that I have now that I've been thinking about? There's your outlet. You can put it on Instagram, put it on Pinterest, but do it for yourself. So don't have that, like Mariam said, I think there is pressure. Because um, me journaling, pressure. Because somehow I want to make it look nice as well. Mm. And that just changes, that just ruins it almost. Because mm. you're like, okay, why am I doing this for now? And you forget the reflection part of it all. So um, yeah, I've got the next step. I don't know about the reflecting part, but I've got the next step for you. So put it somewhere. I'm going to try it out. I don't have a, I have a Finsta, but what I do is I just post on my close friends' stories. Yeah, so yeah. I just talk on my my in, in my stories and I'm like this is what I want to do this is what I did today this is what I, but my sister is on it so I think she you know kind of makes me reflect a little bit as oh. well no it, it does help sometimes when you have other people seeing it because it's like they're not holding you accountable but it feels like they are because you're like oh yeah they, they saw that but it's people that you love and trust like mm. it's not supposed to be you know something polished and curated it's just your outlet yeah I think for me personally I use radio as my outlet I feel yes. I feel like that is, has been such a good way of like releasing any energy that I have or if a bit, if I've been thinking about anything but I also think you should try and explore different ways of having outlets it, if journaling doesn't work for you that's okay just think of new something else um, everyone finds their way of kind of um, releasing their kind of thoughts and uh, having that energy put um, directed elsewhere but for me I think radio has definitely been that platform I think and I even look back on the shows so you know how you look at stories Yeah. I look back on shows and I, was, I know why I said about toxic friends <laughs> I know why I said about this um, because I was going through that in my in, th- in that moment and um, and sometimes sometimes times I don't even realize that I make a certain th- thought of the week and then I look back and I was like I was experiencing that and that's why I said this um, and I, it's not that I direct it to anyone it's just that that's the, the feelings I had at that moment and I reflected okay this is happening to me how do I use that in a positive way and how can I educate others so they don't experience the same thing yeah I think you made a really good point about the thought of the week that that is like a, literally a reflection segment of our show um, but I think it's it is really important to say that that's our mind at the time. Mm. It could literally change 10 minutes later. Like, you know, after that reflection, especially when you get something out, you almost instantly feel better or you know what to do about that situation. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important that we have that. I'm so happy we have radio. Do you know yeah, that? we can always look back at it and you can look back at it as well on Facebook. I inspire from Luton. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fareed, for telling everyone. Some Facebook. And you can also share your thought of the week with us and look back. <laughs> yeah, but you can post it on Twitter. We would love to know your thought of the week. 
let's just move on to the next question so do you think we get our values from islam and how much do you think that faith and values link because i think majority of the things are personality and characteristics they do come from a religion so for me personally i would say my entire principles morals and uh, values my entire moral standing comes from islam and i think i wouldn't have it any other way i feel like my characteristics if there's something if there if there's something that i hold myself accountable to is my religion and i think my religion has come down to teach me how to be a good person and i think even if you look at how revelation was de- uh, decreed the first thing that was decreed is in terms of characteristics it's about truth being truthful being loyal um, treating people with respect um and i think I love that concept of ihsan, excellence, um, which means ihsan means excellence. Um, because I think when you think about that, you have to strive for excellence in every facet of your life. And to have good akhlaq, to have good manners is one of those elements. So for me personally, I think if there's one thing that keeps me grounded in terms of my religion and one thing that keeps me growing to love my religion more and more is the characteristics. It's about having really strong principles and morals um, to the extent that you don't just think about, uh, we don't just think about our Muslim brothers and sisters, we think about the community, we think about everyone and it's all encompassing and I think that's something so special in our religion. Wow, that's that's really good. I really, you know, I really like when you d- talk about these things because it makes me think that, you know, what she's saying, I really relate to you so much. Everything that we, loyalty and all that stuff. And to other people, it's just like, um, when you say, if it's a flaw when something bad or... Yeah. Yeah, so when it's, it's a, a virtue, loyalty, you know, friendship, mm-hmm. having good manners. But for us, it's like, it's something that Allah likes. That's what we're doing. Yeah. That's why we're like this. What about you, Sonia? Um, yeah uh i agree and also i think that for me it kind of keeps me in check more as well Mm. so like if i'm in a situation where i don't know how to behave almost or how to respond um it's like you just take that moment and you think wait what would be liked by god in this situation or what would be valued what what can i do now that i can walk away and be like do you know what even if i've made allah happy or done what's right by my religion I'm I'm at peace. I think that is definitely something that helps me a lot in life and especially as you grow older as well, you know, because when you're young, you feel like you can you can have these moments and so on like no one again holds you accountable when you grow older you don't want to have any kind of disturbance or drama so you think how what can i do what's best in this situation um i'll give you an example and it's actually um my manager that i saw do this so um and i'm sure he won't mind me saying the story and again i'm not going to name any names so no offense to anyone that was involved in this story but um it's not a bad thing so we had someone that worked for us and then um they had we let them go but it wasn't like in terms of like legalities and contracts and so on like there was a lot of there was dispute let's just put like that because obviously the person who was let go was like oh wait i thought i have two weeks notice you know just these little things and um at first i think my manager was like going to go back and forth on it and like no that's fine we can bring the lawyers in we can be issue and then uh, after a while he kind of said you know what like it's at the end of the day, if that's their risk, if that was written for them, if that's what God wanted for them, then that's fine. And I'm in a position where I can give them that wage, even though they didn't you know, If you're in a position that you can do it, and then I think he just had that moment. And he also used the word huck, but I'm not really sure what that means. It means um, you're right. You're right, okay. So he said that's their huck. Um, and then, yeah, he gave them the money. So, like, to avoid a long legal dispute, but also because he felt like I'm in a position where I can, and also I'll feel like I did the right 
right thing Islamically mm-hmm. and then all parties involved were happy at the end of the day and we can walk away happy so um, I think mm-hmm. that was a good example for me where I think in a, like a professional setting almost where my manager used Islam to answer and solve his problem there yeah to avoid any kind of conflict imagine if all of us thought like this way if yeah. everyone was like what if we're in a bad situation something's happening where I'm arguing with someone what would God like me to do and we all did that thing it would be so peaceful. I think it's about how we consider everyone, our responsibilities to everyone. So if we think about our responsibilities and we provide those responsibilities, then everyone will get their rights. And that's what your situation was. Yeah. Because he knew that he's responsible for ensuring that the the person that was going to be let go to get that wage, that's why she received her right. And that's why the whole situation was managed. Whereas if all if you only think about your rights, you're not even providing a responsibility. So that's why I think it's really important to... No, carry on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Oh, I think Mariam lost her train of thought. So that's why I think it's important to like to think about your um <laughs> I don't know why they're laughing guys, but um is you know what it's Ramadan. We're going for a lot. Sorry, we're like we're hungry, hungry, we're like yeah. tired, it's coming to the end. Let's just move on to the next session. So Actually no, I wanna I wanna finish off. Okay, yeah, you finish off. Um so yeah, I was just oh, as 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 I was saying, I think it's really important to think about your responsibility towards others. And I think even for me, that, that keeps me accountable because if I can constantly think about this right wasn't provided for me, this person didn't treat me right, I feel like you become really angry and really upset. But when you think about, okay, I'm going to, this is my, Allah gave me this responsibility and I want to provide that responsibility, then everyone in all parties involved become happy. So I think that's kind of my train of thoughts. I think, and then again, that's answering your question in terms of, where does our morals and principles come from? It it really genuinely does come from Islam because we we think uh, we think of ourselves as a separate entity. We think of ourselves beyond ourselves. We think about our, our Allah is going to hold us accountable, and so therefore we need to behave in a certain way. Yeah, I completely agree. There's something really good that my uh, Quran teacher said to me, and she said, when whenever there's like a grudge or something like that, you apologize to that person. If that person doesn't apologize to you back, then it's not your fault. You at least you did your part. So I think that's really good. Let's just move on to the next uh, question: values and faith. So, what are important values to you in life? So, what would be like the three top things that you want to include in your life? Is it is As it values? Like, do you mean Islam related or just in just general? in general? So, in terms of values, in terms of what you think is the most important to you? Yeah. Okay. I think for me, it's emotional intelligence. I think that's something that's extremely um, close to my heart. I feel like when you exercise emotional intelligence. It helps you encompass all the other good char- characteristics because, again, you're thinking about others. You you have empathy towards another person. Um, you hold yourself accountable because you cannot be emotionally intelligent if you don't hold yourself in- accountable. So you exercise introspection, um, and I think it keeps you humble as well. So I think that for me, that's like one of the, my main kind of uh, values that really kind of makes me strive to be a better person. I think the second value is understanding that I have a greater purpose. Um, if that is can if that can be regarded as a virtue or a value, um, because I think sometimes it's so easy to be shackled by all these <laughs> institutions or all these uh, things around you, and you just think you're a slave of all of these things, social media, work. But actually, it's quite liberating to know that I'm I'm a slave of Allah, and all He wants out of me is just to be a good person and just try for the best. So I think those two values for me are the things that kind of are my driving force. And I think the third thing is about community. I think community is something that's really important. I think even when you look at data, and a lot of data is coming out, you know, when people have these three things, uh, purpose and a date, um, a, commun- a sense of community, they're actually more successful. Um, so I think that as well for me is really important to know that I'm a part of community, know that I have a, I have to contribute as a person in the community as well. 
Wow, that's, do you think your values you could like show them in action? So emotional intelligence and yeah, I think my in, you know I've tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I try my best to exercise those things to the best ability. But also I think I, I'm proactive in terms of ping people around me that are already striving or, or already have these characteristics because then I can see a tangible way where I can strive towards that too. <laughs> Mashallah, Mariam, you're so smart. Like I just listening to talk, and I'm like, wow, she's. So I'm really not. I, I agree. Sometimes every, everything that Mariam says is like, wow, wow. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I need to write a book. Mariam. You do. Oh my god, I will buy it. guys, <laughs> these guys are too kind to me. These are just the kindness of my friends. And now, if you're gonna ask me this question, I just want to copy Mariam. To be honest, <laughs> I, I, I feel I, the same after way. After that, <laughs> we should have left it till the end. <laughs> after that, I don't really know what to say. I think the only like I was gonna say it in much more simple terms because I'm so simple. <laughs> but um i was gonna say you know like when you leave a room or leave meeting a person for the first time or so on i want to strive and i think it's a value that i do hold is that you should try to be your best self in every situation i know it's easier said than done because like i even mentioned in my thought of the week i was not my best self last week and Mm. there's so many ups and downs that we have as people but you know you don't know who that person is what they might mean to you in the future it may be good it may be bad but it is that thing like you should just leave that impression where anyone that's met you is like oh Mm. yeah no like they're a decent person it doesn't have to be they don't have to be singing your praises Mm. but they shouldn't really be saying something bad about you either that's how I feel but if you're not a bad person so yeah that's I think that's one of the values I would say like I kind of hold close like I think you emulate that as well. I genuinely think that you have that characteristic. Oh, yeah. I don't think you've ever left a room someone thought, wow, Sonia is such a bad person. And I actually <laughs> think it's so inspiring then how you just, you know, in your thought of the week and how you felt that I, I acknowledge that I didn't do well that day and I, my emotions got the better of me. However, you actually proactively called someone to let them know. And I think that's such a beautiful way. And I think it's a lesson learned for all of us that we could just do that because what harm would that be to us in the future? Yeah. Nothing. Um, I think uh, ego is a big role to it's play in, big, in these things thing. because you just feel that you're so you feel inferior when you do that but actually it's not i think you know we have no standing in, to, in terms of holding ego having pride that only uh, is attributed to allah um so yeah i think that's really insp- inspirational you, oh, we're all being so sweet to each other today <laughs> um yeah, we I, always are i know we always are <laughs> i think the se- that kind of helped me with another value so the ego thing i think something i should always try to remember and it's funny because when i was in sixth form uh, one of the staff members said this they sent like a long email out and it was don't take yourself too seriously and it was about ego and it was about remembering how big the world is and how little you are wow. I guess it's, it's about humbling yourself as well you know it's a bit like you're great you know you serve a greater purpose it's similar to that as well like this world is temporary but also whatever moment you might have just been in there is temporary Um, it brings up also that word embarrassment that you said a few weeks ago mm. I don't really get embarrassed if I do like yeah you can obviously we feel that embarrassment it's, you can't help but you do feel it sometimes but it's something that I can let go just as quickly as it came I can absolutely let go I think that's something I hold really strongly so you know it's that whole thing of other people's opinions affecting you and this and that obviously there's something that you should take a, an inch of that like if your parents opinion it should affect you a little bit maybe but or people that you care about but yeah in general I think that's something that I hold closely is just letting things go and remembering mm-hmm. that you're really really small in the world of 8 billion people yep. I think uh, one of the things oh, sorry for you no, okay, no, um, I think one of the things that I definitely in my observation of you I think you definitely do emulate that so what would you say to the people who struggle with that because I definitely feel like I struggle to let go and I think a lot of us do struggle with holding the opinions of others very strongly. So what advice would you give to us? Oh, I don't know. I think you just have to remember that 
everything is last week's news. That's like a phrase. That's last week's news. It really, really is. And look at look at social media trends. Look at the news. Things that you thought were huge, like the biggest thing ever. Forget people forget about it. People forget about it. And then just remember who you are. Like even when you do like a blunder or a slip up, right? Everyone's done it. We are all human. Believe me, people understand. No matter how high up they may seem or fancy they may seem. They're just just like you and I. Like we're all humans at the end of the day. And yeah, just give yourself more credit in these situations. Think that doesn't define who I am. Like I'm more than that. And if that person doesn't know it, then they're stupid because we're all humans. So yeah. Yeah, we all breathe the same air, don't we? At the end of yeah. the day. And every like you said, every so there's something trendy one week and then the other week. I'm telling you, everyone just forgets think about, about the it. News, things that we think are huge. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna give an example. Do you remember? I think it was January last year when the White House was like stormed and trashed and do you, do you guys mm, remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. But do you, do you even, Farina, I don't do even remember. remember. There you go. But it was huge. It was like a massive thing. You thought this is going to go down in history or whatever. No one's, we didn't talk about it like two weeks down the line. It's a, it's a joke now. It's like a meme almost. So yeah. big things that happen and it's sad to say that even things that should be remembered like people in hunger maybe or mm. earthquakes for example. Like Turkey and you, Syria. Yeah, move exactly. on so fast. People move on so fast. So true. We're already talking about the next thing it's not a good thing almost but it should remind you if you ever feel embarrassed don't because people move on so so quick yeah we have to stop thinking about what people say what people say and i think with this it comes a lot with i think if when you're like in a community that your parents are kind of don't do this don't do that because what would people say what my friends Mm -hmm. and but they don't, are they going to be with you when you're like 10 years down the line doing something? They're yeah. not going to be there too in your ear going, this is what you did, this is what you did. <laughs> Reminder, <laughs> this is what you did 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah literally yeah. no one cares. No one cares. And I think I say this, but I still think care so much about what people no, think about me. but even if people do care, Farine, is that you need to remember that's on them, not on you. Let them care. Because if you don't, they'll yeah. think, okay, I'm a weirdo now for holding on to this and they should let go. And even if they don't, you just have to. It's hard. It's easier said than done. But it's just something you need to practice. I, I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. You have to practice this. And as time will go, it'll kind of compound and then you will be able to adopt that. Because there's so many things that I used to struggle with and now I just don't really think about it. And I think that comes with time, age and experience, essentially. It does. So we are, we still have two minutes you left. You didn't answer the question yourself. Oh, I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. My values, I think loyalty and patience, I really, I, it's something that I'm strongly like passionate about. And I like it when I think I'm a loyal person. I like to think I'm a loyal person. Mm-hmm. And this just values that, even if you're not Muslim, I think that everyone should yeah. have. And patience is also one of the things, I'm always talking about this, is so important to me. And I think, I'm such a patient person sometimes, but when 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 I'm not a patient person, I'm like getting annoyed or something. I try not to do it. I try not to say anything, not to do anything. And I think if everyone was patient, not everyone was you know had an attitude or was like rushing you into things, then everyone would be so peaceful. So loyalty and patience is what I'm taking for my two values. Thank you, Osania, for asking me that question. I almost forgot okay. to mention it. <laughs> Let's. So we have two minutes left. One minute actually. So I'm just gonna ask you really quickly. How do you build no, how do you prefer, how can faith make a difference in your life? We have two minutes. Oh, okay. So like a like a quick answer. How like can a quick faith answer. make a difference? Um, it can help you in respond to situations accordingly. It can solve your problems, like an example I gave earlier in the workplace. Um, and also it can just help you with like um 
family situations because I think with family a lot uh, it's not professional so you don't have like policies and procedures <laughs> and so on right but you actually kind of do because that's what the Quran is for and that's what our religion is for as well so if you're ever in a struggle and you're looking for answers um, and you just don't know where to go where to turn I think look, use our religion for that I also think it, ble- it gives you a sense of hope it gives you a sense of belonging and, and you know that you're loved beyond you know a huge extent Yeah, I think it's such a like um how do you say like structure religion like so organized that we just if there's something that you don't know about someone might might know it and you yeah. do your research yourself so you if you don't know anything about the religion you can just ask and everyone just knows what to do or what to say. Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah, faith is a really good important. So this is our so we are coming to the end mm-hmm. <laughs> towards the end of our show mm-hmm. um it was really great talking about faith values how they link and what values we learn from religion if you do have any thoughts or if you want to tell us about your values or something that matters to you do let us know on instagram at sister speak um and twitter and twitter yes at sister speak underscore fm let us know your thought of the week your values your faith or just anything we would be happy to talk about it on our show or just repost it So thank you for both of you for sharing your insights. Yes. I think it was really really Thank you. Thank you for having us Farin. Yeah, it was a really great show and we look forward to having you again. Thank you for listening. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.